When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, everybody, and welcome once again to Charged Up Studio, the podcast. This is Dana Olivo, and I am here today with a woman who has mastered the art of Amazon. So we're going to get some really great information here from Leslie Hensel with Riverbend Consulting, who has been working uh, with uh, resellers in the Amazon community for quite a while. And she's got some information for us that's going to help any of you out there who have been thinking about or are currently resellers within the Amazon uh, marketplace. I will tell you that um, myself, uh, we have Amazon delivering almost every single day something comes. It's become, especially since COVID started, I'm telling you, uh, it's become a convenience in life that you can't get by with out. So anyway, let's all give a charged up studio welcome to Leslie Hensel with Riverbend Consulting. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me here today. No, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. Uh, like I said, you know, we've got a lot of experience with Amazon on the buying side, but not on the selling side. So from what our pre-boarding con uh, conversation uh, indicated, you're the expert when it comes to that, right? So tell us a little bit about yourself first and how you got involved in this. Sure thing. So I'm like you, Amazon delivers to my house practically every day. I don't like to shop. I'm one of the rare of, you know, the, the female half of the species that does not like to go to stores. I'm the same way. So, so welcome. Yep. So I'm a fan and uh, I get the stuff delivered to my house all the time. Um, but I started selling on Amazon way back in 2010 when it was much more of the wild, wild west. And I still sell on the platform today in a small way, um, but I spend most of my time as a consultant and as owner of Riverbend and co-owner of Riverbend. My business partner is actually someone who has a large seller account and his account was suspended from Amazon and I helped him get reinstated. So that's a lot of how we uh, have clients come in the door. We have people who they come in and they've been taken out by Amazon or their products taken down and our team helps them to successfully get back on the platform. And then we work on how they can grow their account, manage it better, all of those good details. But all of this did originate with both me and my partner as being longtime sellers out there on Amazon. 
Well, you know, that's really interesting. I've had one other guest on uh, Charged Up Studio, and he happened to have been the author of um, the Bezos Letters, the book, the Bezos mm-hmm. Letters. And he had a lot of positive things to say about Amazon and not to, you know, not to downplay Amazon. You know, they, they've got a reputation and uh, Jeff Bezos has done what needed to be done in order to keep Amazon as one of the number one reselling platforms for companies to start with. But let's talk a little bit about both sides of the coin. You coming from the um, reseller side, but also from the consulting side, working to keep people happy with Amazon as well. Okay. So I'm a, yes, I'm a little bit of a personal conundrum. When people talk to me, they think it's really strange because I can tell, I could sit for days and tell you horror stories about sellers who Amazon over-enforced on their account, wrongly enforced against them and took them down, held their funds, didn't reimburse them for lost inventory. I mean, I could go on and on and on. And yet, I will still tell you, Amazon is the greatest small business incubator in the history of mankind. There is no other force on the planet where you can take 10 grand and launch a new product and test it and see if it works in the marketplace. So much innovation, so many specialty goods you can't buy down at the corner store or at your Target or at your Walmart, which creates a lot more selection and availability for consumers, which is awesome. So much choice. Talk about consumer choice. You know, when there's a Walmart and they say, okay, we're going to offer deodorant brands to you on our store shelves, they only have so much shelf. So you only get so many choices of brands and then, you know, the different scents and the different kinds and that's it. And CVS, they might have a whole aisle, but it's still a limited number. You go on Amazon and search for the same product. It's almost unlimited, the number of choices. So there is so much good. And yet when you're a seller, you can fall into situations where it's very stressful, upsetting, very bad, lose your business. Um, so there's there's a lot at stake for the people that I work with every day. Right, right. No, you know, and, and as I've told my clients, you know, when it comes to making a decision before between going out on your own when you're first starting out and, and actually becoming an Amazon reseller, you know, I explain to them, weigh the pros and cons, okay? Um, if you go out on your own, you're going to have to be responsible for your own marketing, your own PR. You're going to have to be responsible for your own delivery services, you know, everything logistical, everything you're going to be responsible. That's going to add up. But on Amazon, they will take care of all of that. They've, they're giving you a storefront. They're doing all of this for you. Now, yes, they have a lot of guidelines and a lot of things that you have to follow. And correct me if I'm wrong, most of these people who run into issues with Amazon, have they pretty much misinterpreted the rules and guidelines or is this an Amazon issue? Or can you say so? In general, my general estimate is I say it's a third, a third, and a third. So, a third of our clients did something wrong and pretty much knew they were doing something wrong. Mm. A third of our clients messed up. 
So they made a mistake that was not intentional. They broke a rule that they didn't know existed. Um, that kind of thing where it's still not okay because you have to follow the rules, but it wasn't on purpose. And then about a third of the time, it is over enforcement by Amazon or bad enforcement by Amazon. Now, in all of these cases, of all of my thirds there, you can still get reinstated on Amazon. You can still get your product back up and running and your store back up. Um, but it, that doesn't always make people feel better if they're in that category where Amazon was kind of the bad guy. <laughs> yes, yes, no, definitely. You know, I can tell you that um, from my experience, with Amazon, they are all about that customer experience, meaning the buyer's experience. So that is primary, their primary concern with Amazon. I mean, the fact that I can, I, I have a Keurig and the little needle in it consistently will break, consistently will break. It's, it's a design flaw, but the reseller who sells me that gives me a lifetime warranty. So every time it breaks, he replaces it for free. To me, that's customer service, okay? That and the fact that I can order this afternoon and it'll be delivered first thing in the morning, you know? So there's a lot of advantages to on, a, on the buying side with Amazon. But let's talk about the selling side. Is it worth it to sell on Amazon? Can, me, can people really make money there? So what you're saying is correct. Amazon cares about the buyer experience. And for all of us sellers, they're just not into you. There was that movie, right? He's just yeah. not that into you. Well, that's Amazon. And they believe that any seller can be replaced by other sellers. And that goes for the largest sellers on the platform. Um, my company works with billion dollar annual Amazon sellers. And Amazon has no problem tossing them in their products off the platform, I've seen it happen. However, um, there is still so much opportunity. I know there are a lot of folks out there who say, uh, Amazon is saturated, there's too many products, you can never make money. It's not like 10 years ago, the little guy can't make it. That's not true. Um, there are so many niches available still, and so many niches where the existing products have really only succeeded by dent of longevity. They were the first one there, but they're not really doing a great job. They're not doing a great job with their listings, their keywords, um, the, the promotions that they offer. So there's still opportunity. The difference now compared to 2010 when I got started is that you have to act more like a quote unquote real business. This isn't just like eBay, toss your product up there, it sells throw it in a random box you've got around the house and ship it off. You really have to have some, some money available. You have to be able to invest in the right kind of products and you have to be able to pay for sprucing up your detail page, pay for some ads, do the things that big boys do. Now that doesn't mean it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars, but it means it doesn't cost just like a hundred dollars. Like some people will tell you, you need a couple thousand dollars to really start things and then expect to not take money out of the business for a while. 
You're going to keep plowing that money back in so that you can grow something that's really generating cash. Right. And and I love to hear you say you have to treat it like a business, because in all honesty, it is a business. Yes. And so, you know, having a strategic plan for how you're going to launch that business on Amazon and then what products have you done your research? What products are, you know, within your product line that people want? And are you charging the right price? Because you don't want to come in and overcharge when they can go to Walmart and pick up the product without having to, you know, uh, you know, at a cheaper price. So, you know, there's a lot of things um, uh, that Amazon brings to the table that uh, you need to be doing your research and, and, and determining, is it going to be for me? You know, most small business owners, they don't even know how to market their products. They don't know how to. There's so much that they don't know. They don't know about starting a business. And what Amazon is bringing to the table is that business in a box type thing. Okay. They've got given you all the guidelines. They tell you what you can do. You just have to make the decision. What are you going to sell? How are you going to sell it? You know, and things like that. So let's talk about the risk involved with selling on Amazon. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. And you're totally right. Amazon is serving you up 160 million prime customers in the United States only. It is a captive audience. Most people who have a prime membership, they go to prime first or Amazon first to look for products to buy before they look somewhere else. So they are serving that up to you. And also, as you said, it's almost like business in a box, but you have to understand that there are some risks involved. And a lot of it comes down to product quality. You have to make sure that you're selling items and then delivering them in such a way that the buyer is happy. Because as we already covered, Amazon cares about the buyer. They don't care about you, the seller. Um, so if you have products that are faulty, if they are low quality, if they are shipped in boxes that fall apart so the items are damaged when they get there, um, if Amazon FBA isn't shipping them out well, or if you're doing merchant fulfilled shipping and you're not shipping them out well, all of that is a recipe for getting your ASIN shut down and your account shut down. And when that happens, the cash flow stops. And when the cash stops, you cannot continue to build the business. So let's say you've got a private label product. And like one of my clients, oh, I have such a story for you, Dana. Go ahead. Go ahead. I have a, I have a client who decided it would be a super great idea to sell kitchen blowtorches. Now, I personally look at a kitchen blowtorch and say, wow, that's too risky. I don't want to sell that right? There's a lot of categories I won't touch on Amazon. That would be one of them, but they thought it was a great idea. So they had a manufacturer in China manufacture these beautiful oh. kitchen blow torches that had no quality assurance at the factory. And they also did not hire independent QA people to go in and check, which obviously you should with a high risk product. You know, if they're making pens, you might just trust the factory's QA. But if you're making something that can burn people, you have to have independent QA. There was no QA. So they ship it all here. They start selling them. And a seam at the top of the blowtorch is like busting open. And the whole thing is catching on fire and burning people. Okay, so 
So that's the risk. You don't do the quality assurance or you don't know if you have a high quality product or you ship stuff. Um, how about the client who was shipping like those heavy Yankee type glass candles in a padded envelope? So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So you're asking for it and you can end up with a lawsuit on your hands, worst case. But then best case in those situations is Amazon suspends your account. They hold your funds and you have to fight to get your money. Right. Right. You know, and speaking of quality control, you know, um, because you're dealing with other countries and other quality control aspects. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the things I have learned working with with Amazon and buying from Amazon is to really pay attention to the details that are written up in the actual sales page. Because so many times I've seen people purchase something that's coming from China. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it says, or you, you automatically assume when it says, okay, let's say it's, it's clothing or something like that. And it says it's a size 10. Okay. Or a size 12 or, you know, something. And you know that you, you know, can manage a size 12 very easily, but it's coming from China. And remember the individuals in China are much smaller than the people here in the United States and you get it in and they, you know, they've got a money back guarantee, but how many of us really turn around and return that item, you know? Oh, especially if you've got to ship it back to some other location. Exactly. um, Which they're supposed to have a U.S. returns address, but many of them do not. Yes, yes, exactly. So, you know, there, there, there are things that you have to take into consideration when you're buying or selling is to be accurate with your descriptions when you're selling and then also when you're buying make sure that you pay attention to it you know there's been so many times where I've gotten a a toy for my granddaughter and you know in the picture it looks like it's you know nice size you know and everything Mm -hmm. you get it is this tiny little thing you know so it's it's important to take pay attention to those kind of things so Absolutely. And, you know, when we have clients who get ASINs, individual items suspended, one of the first things we do is look at the listing detail page, because sometimes as a seller, you don't realize it, but you're talking to yourself. Like you already know the product, you know that. So I have this little squeezy beach ball in my hand. It's one of those stress ball things. Well, you could also have a beach ball that's like bigger than my head. Right. And so like you're saying, what are the real dimensions as a seller? Since I know it's the tiny beach ball, I look at my listing detail page. It makes perfect sense to me, but someone else looks at it. They don't see the same thing. Then they're dissatisfied. They complain to Amazon and the ASIN is suspended. So I always tell people have someone who's never seen your product, a friend, family member, business colleague, Look at your listing detail page and tell you what they think they would get. And if it's not nailed it, then you need to do better. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. You know, and a perfect example is you holding up that beach ball next to your head. You can see what the size is. Yes. Okay. So when you can put it in relation to something that we know, you know, it's different. But uh, yeah, no. So how can an Amazon seller avoid suspension? So I have a favorite strategy um, that I call fix your worst ASIN strategy. So there's really two main reasons people get suspended. They get suspended for 
policy violations, which is breaking the big rules. And a lot of that is you just have to spend the time knowing what the big rules are. Um, but then the main reason people get suspended is related to product quality. And it's the unhappy people we've been talking about. So I don't care if you are selling three items or 3,000 items or 300,000 items on Amazon, you have a worst ASIN all the time. You have an ASIN that is your worst product and you don't get to decide that yourself. <laughs> a lot of sellers, they want to assume that buyers are all bad people trying to get free stuff. And okay, some buyers are bad people trying to get free stuff, but you cannot ignore data trends in your account just because they don't feel good to you. So you got to look at your returns report, voice of the customer. Um, returns report gives reasons that people sent things back. Voice of the customer gives reasons that people aren't unhappy or are unhappy. Calculate your returns rate and figure out what has the highest rate of return. Um, you, you really want your products to have one to 2% unless you're in clothing and shoes. And in clothing and shoes, it really depends on if you're selling well-known brands or not because people know the fit or they don't. But if you've got stuff that has a 5%, 10%, 15% outside clothing and shoes, you've got a real problem. So always be finding that worst ASIN and fix it. Fixing it might be improving the listing detail page like we were talking about, having more lifestyle images, showing the product, better descriptive copy, dimensions, all of these things. It might mean you improve your packaging so it arrives to people in the shape it's supposed to. Um, sometimes it might mean you stop selling that product because there's nothing you can do to fix it without spending a fortune. Right. And, and when you fix that worst ASIN, you know what you do? You go to the next one. This is a never-ending quality assurance continual improvement process. And the best part is it doesn't just keep your account safe on Amazon. You're going to make more money because you're going to have lower returns and returns eat your lunch and your margin because you, you eat all the bees. You don't get them back. Um, so that is where you do get the referral feedback, but all the pick and pack and all of that that Amazon does, that is gone forever. So you've got to focus on this all the time and you're going to make more cash. Very good. Very good. Yes. No. So how has the concept of platform manipulation made it harder to market on Amazon? So this is a dilemma that sellers have been facing for about two years. Um, Amazon is really cracking down on what they call platform manipulation, but what you and I see as platform manipulation is not what Amazon sees. Mm -hmm. Amazon has a lot of pressure from the Federal Trade Commission and from state's attorneys general and other official bodies. It's important to know that so you understand this isn't Amazon going after sellers. This is it rolls downhill. So someone's going after Amazon. They have to do something. They can't tell the feds, ah, whatever. They have to go after sellers. And so there's a lot of sellers out there who were buying fake reviews, and they still do, um, that use click farms to upvote and downvote reviews. That still happens. Um, there are people who will give away free product in return for a five-star review. Uh, for a while, Amazon allowed some of this. You could give away free product 
and get a review as long as the review said I received a free product in return for my unbiased review. Um, but eventually Amazon saw it could not operate in these gray areas anymore because it was abused. So they just said no more of any of this. So if you're launching a new product, you can't do any of the things you used to be able to do to try and rank, to try and get people to see your product. Couldn't do any free giveaways to get a review. Couldn't give, you can't give discounts that are over 50% anymore to get someone to try your product. Even though this is pretty typical in a retail store environment, right? You get buy one, get ones because it's a new product or you get a big discount or a coupon or a rebate because it's a new product. You can't do any of that. Now, um, that has made it harder, especially for small sellers without a whole lot of account history to get their products ranked. So you have to be really super creative. Amazon does have kind of a honeymoon period for 60 to 90 days where they will allow small successes to give you outsized results. So you can rank based on a small success with a new product. Whereas if you're in day 180, it's over, honeymoon's over. You don't get that. Um, but, but this makes it incumbent upon new sellers or sellers with new products to have the most amazing detail page, um, to add other marketing features when they can, to try and use influencers. You have to be much more creative and do some off Amazon marketing if you want to succeed with new product launches now. And, and you know, that brings me to, you know, uh, another question. When we talk about off Amazon techniques and, you know, and things like that to encourage people to support your Amazon product or, you know, um, uh, respond and, and give you a, you know, review or something like that. Um, what are some of the ways? I mean, I know that with me, you know, I just ordered one of those um, notepads, the, uh, what's it called? The electronic notepads. Remarkable. Uh, remarkable? Yeah. yeah. The packaging it came from. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Love it. But the packaging it came from was really phenomenal. Yes. You, know, you know, they put a lot of money into that, you know, and things, but that to me says quality. That's to me says quality. And then <laughs> some packaging we get for a little tiny thing and you've got it in a huge box. <laughs> you know? um, but what is it that sellers can do that will encourage um, um you know, reviews and things like that. What can they be doing to do that? So I agree with you on the unboxing experience. I think that is still a valid strategy. It's funny. I've seen people say that unboxing and the idea of unboxing is played out. Um, and yet it still works. And yet the unboxing videos are still all over YouTube, yeah. right? I mean, all look at, over look at YouTube. Apple. I mean, the way Apple packages its products, you can tell just by looking at it, the quality that's there, you know. Absolutely. So I think packaging can be huge. It needs to be branded. Um, a lot of sellers on Amazon, to me, make a mistake because if you're selling, say you're selling a supplement, they'll just ship the bottles in and it has no box. 
well, not only does that make it rife for tampering and having the seals broken and things where people are unhappy, um, but the branding on a bottle is never as pretty as the branding on a box. You can make it look much more like a high-end product with a nice shiny box that the bottles in, and for safety, you should have it that way anyway. Um, but I think unboxing is huge. I think using influencers right now is very smart. Um, you still cannot offer any discounts. You can ask for a review, but that's it. You can't ask for a positive review. But getting the product out there where people see it, you know, TikTok videos are huge for this with Amazon sellers right now. They have someone who has a great TikTok presence, who reviews the product or shows the product and then just links to the Amazon page, not offering any discounts, not offering a special. Um, you can also do some coupons inside of Amazon. Those can be really effective if you have strong competitors for your product because on the search results page, it will show that there's like a $5 coupon, $3 coupon. Um, that is very helpful as well. That is the one kind of discount that you can safely offer right now on Amazon without being accused of platform manipulation. Okay, okay, all right. Um, is there a way of capturing leads through Amazon? No, there is not. Um, okay. There is, but it's against terms of service. I should put it that way. Uh, there are softwares out there and people out there who will scrape your customer list from your Amazon data through the API that is against terms of service. You are not supposed to build a list that way. Um, there is an exception. There is a new uh, service that Amazon is offering called Buy with Prime. This is geared toward Shopify store owners and other store owners off Amazon that you can have your product on your store and then you actually have an Amazon checkout on there. So someone's using their Prime membership as an option to check out and they receive two-day shipping because you have your product in Amazon Fulfillment Centers. Amazon fulfills the order. Their prices are actually pretty comparable to a lot of 3PLs. And uh, then in that case, you do own all the customer data. The catch is you have to drive all that traffic to your own storefront. That's the hard part. But mm -hmm. if it's a purchase on Amazon, Amazon owns that customer, not you. Okay. I thought so, but I wanted to double check on that, you know. So I know it's a sad thing for sellers. It, it is. It is. <laughs> so, so with the fact that we can't capture leads, you know, and things like that, um, and the the way that we get these um, um, referrals and you know and things like that um, is is kind of creative. Is there a way of creating a competitive advantage on Amazon? Yes, and it really depends on the individual product how you do that. But I'll give a couple of examples. Right now, Amazon is favoring products and search results, especially on mobile, if they have videos on the product detail page. And they actually somehow, with their AI, they can detect the difference between a video that's just product spinning in air, right? I'm sure we've all seen those. It's just like the product moving in a circle, doesn't really show you anything. They can detect the difference between that and a value added video that's more like what we call the lifestyle images 
on Amazon, which are the images two through seven, where it shows, you know, your product with the dog and your product with the baby and your product being used in a kitchen. Um, Those lifestyle images give you a competitive advantage. They boost you in search results. So do the videos. There are major retail brands that you know that if you go look at their product detail pages on Amazon, they're garbage. They don't have any A-plus content, brand content, video, uh, lifestyle images. It's garbage. So if you actually invest in your listing detail page, optimize it and add a video, you can create competitive competitive advantage. Another huge thing is your keyword strategy um, and your ad campaigns. Some people will put their ads and their keywords on like a set it and forget it, like the old Ron Popeil commercials. These are not set it and forget it. You have to continually improve your keywords and continually work on ad campaigns and have some that are for the expensive keywords and some for those long tail keywords. I love long, long tail keyword ad campaigns because you can start building your listing but it takes that continual focus all the time. So it's a it's it's quite a job to be able to do this, and there's still quite a bit of work there. Um, you had talked a little bit just a little bit ago about other platforms, I think like Etsy and stuff like that, that Amazon is kind of like strategically partnering with, to where they can check out if they're prime customers through the Amazon checkout. So that is more for Shopify and other uh, standalone uh, stores that brands create for themselves, Um, not for other platforms like an Etsy or an eBay. Those are still flat out competitors. Okay. Okay. So is it worth or should sellers be on more than one platform? Absolutely. It's an eggs, all the eggs in one basket theory. Now I will tell you that a brand or a reseller can be on Amazon and Walmart and eBay and Etsy and all the things. And 90% of their sales will still be from Amazon. However, if you have an ASIN takedown, if you have your store taken down, all of a sudden that 10 or 20% of revenue from those other sources gets super important. Important. Yes, exactly. It's, mm-hmm. it's and all- diversification, you know, it's it's diversifying your revenue. So, you know, which leads us to the next question as far as can sellers make money in an economic downturn? Okay. The fact of the matter is COVID was a perfect example. You mm-hmm. know, these Amazon sellers did well. A lot of them did well in the COVID during COVID because people were buying online. Absolutely. And I'll tell you that right now, a lot of sellers are suffering things. uh, People's uh, retail purchases are definitely down overall. We're probably actually in a recession right now, even though the numbers aren't out yet. However, um, where I see the sellers, the universe of sellers that I work with, where I see a lot of success right now is in niche products and specialty products, because it's a lot like COVID. There are not competitors for niche and specialty items at retail stores, really, because most retail stores have decided those items do not make sense right now at all. They're trying to sell off their last Christmas inventory that they just now got in from the slow boat from China, right? So they're not concerned about specialty items. 
And the, the Amazon sellers who have specialty items have a huge advantage. That's, that's really where the money is to be made right now, I think. But when we're in an economic recession, okay, um, specialty products that are more luxury products or not needed products would be hit harder than something that is, you know, a must-have product. Yes, but you're only going to find it on Amazon. So usually if you're an Amazon seller, you're still competing with Target and Walmart and whoever. Mm -hmm. um, but Target and Walmart have scaled back dramatically on any specialty goods and luxury goods. So luxury goods are still rough on Amazon, but specialty products, they are not being stocked at all in the brick and mortar stores right now. And I think that's why our clients with specialty goods are doing are doing pretty okay compared to folks selling, like you said, luxury or selling items that are really easy to find um, in the clearance rack down at the Target. Yeah, no, definitely. So what do you think? Um, we are actually, I believe, in a recession right now, and it's anticipated that it will last until 2025. Right. Okay. And so what do you think we're looking at uh, looking to the future, what are we in for as far as Amazon is concerned and resellers with this recession? What, what suggestions would you give to your resellers? So like any recession, there will be a shakeout and there will be people who do not make it. Um, the good news for small and midsize is that there are a lot of very large competitors on Amazon who are who have way too much debt. Um, if you look at the aggregators out there, um, you know they did all of these really exciting 100 million, 200 million, 500 million dollar capital raises, and for every one of those capital raises, they had more and more debt they took on. So as the recession gets worse and as inflation stays high and the Fed inches up interest rates, guess what happens? Uh, their debt payments are too big, and so they have to sell off brands and they have to lay off people. So this is going to create opportunity for small and mid-sized sellers that are able to make it. Um, if you have some capital, and I don't mean millions of dollars, I mean like $100,000, uh, there's going to be opportunities to scoop up some of these brands that were actually bought by aggregators and then not run well by the aggregators, and they need to offload them. And so someone who's an operator, someone who knows how to sell on Amazon from experience, is going to be able to scoop some of these suckers up and make money. And they already have great bestseller rank. They're already well established on the platform. So there's definitely opportunity there. Also, I'm not a huge fan of retail arbitrage and online arbitrage, just because of competition and it's tough. However, um, there is a lot of retail stores that will run massive sales and that will go out of business, sadly. That always happens in a recession. That is opportunity to go buy products and flip them on Amazon. And especially if you've got the ability to wait because other people are going to buy this stuff too. Let them flip it for nothing and you hold out and then you can flip it for the better rate. So both of these unfortunately do involve, you got to have a little bit of cash available that you can buy and hold. Um, but if you can, oh my goodness, it's, it's just like Warren, you know, Warren Buffett made all of his money in a recession. 
because mm-hmm. he bought while other people were afraid. And this is the, the same opportunity in e-commerce. It's just, it's very scary and difficult to do. No, it is. It is, you know, and, uh, um, uh, you know, moving forward, as we look at this upcoming recession, you know, we've had bang, bang, bang over the last, you know, six years, you know, to 10 years, you know, it's been one after another, after another. And just when we start to think that we're coming out of it, we're hit with another one, you know, and if we as business owners can't manage the fallout and diversify our income streams and our product lines, you know, and things like that, we're going to find ourselves in the same situation time and time again, you know. So um, any other uh, last minute hints you want to leave for our listeners here? So on that note, because I always talk about the scary things, I talk about getting your account suspended, your ASIN suspended. Now we're talking about recession. Those are all really frightening. Um, However, what I have learned throughout my life and difficult times, difficult things that have happened is that you cannot let fear make your decisions as a business owner and especially on Amazon where we all react uh, because no one there will talk to you. You're freaking out. Um, Whether you're deciding, hey, is there some buy and hold strategy? Can I scoop up a brand? or you're deciding how do I deal with this issue right now I'm having on Amazon, do not let fear make you do the stupid things. You've got to back off, slow down, take some deep breaths. I think the next two years, honestly, are going to be scary for everybody and not just Amazon, everybody economically. And if you let fear rule you, you're going to not make your best decisions. Right, right. And you're going to find yourself ending up shutting your doors or doing something. Mm -hmm you know, um, as far as that's concerned. Um, Tell everybody where they can reach you, how they can reach you. Sure. So check out our website, riverbendconsulting.com. We have forms to fill out if you have questions or you need help. We also have a phone number that we answer. I know in today's world, people answering phones is kind of shocking, but we answer the phone. We talk to you about your problem. Happy to discuss, see if we can help. And also, if you head over to LinkedIn and look for Leslie Hensel, H-E-N-S-E-L-L, I have hot, fresh, new Amazon content almost every day of the week and love to connect with people there. Excellent. Excellent. So that's it, folks. This is uh, the end of another session of Charged Up Studio. This is Dana Olivo, your host. And if you would like to find out more information for on other products or educational classes that we have, you can reach us at marketademy.academy, or you can also reach me at marketademy.com. Please leave a review on whatever streaming platform you happen to be watching us on or visit our Facebook page or Google page for Charged Up Studio. Uh, That's it for this time, folks, and look forward to another week next week with another Charged Up Studio. Go out and have a Charged Up week. Thank you.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.